Welcome to the Growing Together podcast, a show for inspiring conversation and practical steps to help your church become the church where all generations thrive. I'm your host, Justin Koo, and today my guest is Justin Ying. He's a young adult director at the Texas Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. He's worked as a missionary in India, the Philippines, China, Thailand, and Laos, and has spent several years as a ministries director for the Center of Youth Evangelism. Talk to me about mentorship, what it's meant to you, how it's impacted your church, the whole nine yards. Well, starting with mentorship, I think uh, one of the most important things in the leadership journey is listening. And as a mentor, as a church leader or seasoned leader in your church, one of the, one of the most effective tools you can utilize to change the course and culture of your church is to begin the listening journey, which I view it as the beginning of mentorship. Once you're willing to learn, once you're humble and teachable and approachable as a person to begin to listen and to go on a journey with someone, that's, I believe, what mentorship is all about. And in the church that I was in, when we first began the Growing Young journey, we decided to specifically begin our journey with a Growing Young forum in which uh, the older and seasoned leaders and the younger generation were seated together in the same table, all with the heart to listen. And that has done some amazing, amazing things within the confines and the structure of a forum. Mentor, mentoring relationship began to, um, you know, blossom. And that was the catalyst and the, that set the trajectory of any future changes within our church. Talk to me about this form a little bit. I find it interesting that you and Dr. Allen have talked a lot about the importance of listening. And yet, in my mind, when I think of a mentor, I think of an old wise sage, like a Yoda type, who's able to give you really great like fortune cookie advice that's really kind of ethereal, but somehow will make sense down the line. Mentors to me have often been people who have said something really powerful uh, or life-changing, and, and yet listening seems to be the commonality here. Yeah, I believe like the key to any effective and a transform, transformative uh, communication is actually listening. You actually say so much more by listening than talking. And I'm talking to the Sage over here who is listening. <laughs> but um, the thing about, uh, for me, especially in my own pastoral leadership journey, uh, I think there was more powerful impact that incurred when I was listening than when I was saying something. And in my own life, my personal mentors have been those who have given me a listening ear instead of something cool that they had to say. Uh, oftentimes when they begin to say a lot of different cool things, I think I begin to just kind of turn off. And uh, I mean, <laughs> there's a certain limit as to how much you can listen to great advice. But uh -huh. if they do sincerely show their depths of care for your soul as a being, that's when you, uh, your soul opens up. And there's this soul connection and communication that, uh, that, that, that gets built. And from that point on, anything that person says, you begin to heed with all your heart because there has been a established trust and a relationship. And without a relationship, mentoring simply isn't possible. 
Yeah. When when you try to live out mentoring in your own life and as you're kind of walking alongside some young people in your life, do you find yourself consistently coming back to a, a mentor in your life, someone that you're modeling this experience after? Oh, most definitely. Um, I can actually, you know, with the with the fingers in my hands, I can count the very mentors that have, you know, deeply impacted me as a person. And I always revert back to how they have checked in with me and the kinds of questions they have asked me and even the meals that they have prepared for me. Like I, I almost replicated um, my own mentor who actually took me to this particular restaurant and uh, fed me and began to listen to me. I actually did the same thing to one of my mentees who actually decided to pursue the calling and ministry. But that, yeah, I definitely resonate with how you model how you were mentored. It's one of the things that um, you can't also give what you have, what you don't have, and what you have becomes the basis in which how you give um, love and support and mentorship. So if, if you can't give what you haven't received already, um, where does that leave some of us who maybe didn't really grow up with mentors? Or at least when we think of mentors in our own life, we kind of come up blank. We're like, I don't know that I really had someone like that for me. And this might even be the reason why we're interested in potentially mentoring a young person is because I want to be the change that I needed in my life but didn't have. So how do I even begin to figure this out if I don't have a model for myself? That's a very good question, and that's something that I had to process with some of my seasoned leaders in, in the minor, minority ethnic church that I was situated in, because many of these 70-something and 80-something elders in our church, they didn't have mentors themselves. They didn't know how to revert back to their own experience. But oftentimes, if you engage in conversation with them, they actually pinpoint to at least one person in their life that believed in them that supported mm -hmm. them, that got them through certain struggles. And I think it's the awareness of pivotal people that showed up in your life at one point or another. It doesn't have to be long-term sessions of mentorship. It could be uh, bits and pieces of mentorship that you have experienced in the course of your life. You wouldn't call them mentors per se, but you definitely mm -hmm. were impacted in one way or another by that person. And that's what you kind of, you know, feed off of. And, and, and I, I resonate also to the fact where if you really didn't have anyone that really cared for you as a person, I think one of the first things you need to do to be on the mentoring journey is to seek a mentor for yourself. And that's, that's, uh, that's, that's something that's crucial in the life of anyone that's you know, serious about their faith journey to really walk alongside someone else and ask for their, you know, input and feedback and love and care and support for you as a person. And if you have a humble and approachable spirit and really do sincerely desire that, I can't think of anyone who would say, nope, I can't give that to you, you know? So, yeah. That's good. I, I, I've got to imagine whether you're a first-time mentor or a first-time mentee, either side of that relationship, it's kind of your first time entering into this. It's I don't know, I gotta imagine it's kind of scary to do so. It's like, well, what are they gonna say? Well, what do I say? What if they say no? All these kinds of questions about it. How do we, I guess, how do you gauge whether or not someone is safe to be a mentor or a mentee? How do you kind of make yourself open in these ways and find a good fit for yourself? Man, that's a incredible question. I think no one's quite fit 
to be a mentee or a mentor starting out. Okay, well, that's good news. <laughs> uh, there, there is no level of fitness that you need to attain to seek mentorship or give mentorship. I think by default, hmm. if you're wanting to learn and grow as a person or a leader, you are suitable to be a mentee, right? And if you have been on a, on a journey and you have experiences and history and backgrounds as to how you've arrived to be where you are, I think that in itself also gives you the, I guess, license to be a mentor. I think all of us are in, 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 in I guess, community context where we are seeking mentorship and relationship with one another. And I believe if we begin to just approach people in our lives with a sincere heart to learn, I think that in itself just qualifies you to be a mentee or a mentor. Hmm. So give me some pictures of how mentorship looks like. I, like, I think a lot of us, may, maybe we, we picture like a classroom type setting, right. and maybe that's a, a natural way to find your first mentor or mentee is, is in some kind of professional development type of uh, scenario. But are there other common ways that you see mentorship lived out? Yeah, I mean, for me personally, like when I first, uh, I didn't even seek for a mentor. The mentor actually showed up in one of my, um, I guess, meals that I was sharing with that person. Um, it oh, was. It was this person like, I, you want to be my mentee? Like, I'm looking for a no, mentee. No, <laughs> we didn't. We didn't actually ask any official questions. I think I don't think he actually knew that he was my mentor until later. I, oh. I told him that, hey, thank you for mentoring me. He was like, what? Uh, but that, that's what he was to me. Um, I can actually huh. pinpoint to the time when we were actually sitting in that same potluck for that lunch and he began to share his life experiences with me. I was on the verge of a burnout in ministry. He was a seasoned pastor and an administrator in the Seventh Avenue Church. And he began to just relay his experiences and that just really breathed life into me and also really gave me a sense of renewal and hope. And I, and I just kept on calling him back. Uh, I, I sent him monthly emails, even though he didn't ask for it. I actually sent him a periodic progress of how I'm doing. And over time, he got the sense that he that I really wanted to uh, talk to him. <laughs> so, uh, huh. so like I think about three to four months in, then he gave me a weekly text or or bi-weekly uh, email about certain things that has really hit home for him and the kind, you know, the kind of things that he was going through. And it blossomed into a, a full-blown mentoring relationship naturally, organically. It wasn't something that, uh, you know, like you said, in a classroom setting or a set time or a set place, it was just like, hey, I just want to do life with you. Would you just be my, my friend, you know, my companion? In, in life and ministry and I think that that's how it started for me yeah that, that, that's really cool that he was your mentor even though you never really had that conversation and he, like even to the point where he was surprised when you used that language around him I have a couple people in my life as well that I would view in many respects as a mentor but I've never asked them to be my mentor I don't even know if he would consider me to be his mentee he's just a friend of mine um, who, who's in a similar line of work, just called me one day. He's like, hey, you know, we're just looking for people to kind of chat with and, and like try and figure this out together, do life with. If you ever need someone to bounce ideas off of, get opinions or whatever the case is, just want to let you know, like I'm open to that if you're, if you're open to it. And 
it's kind of cool. I've actually only met this guy in person once. Uh, wow. We exchanged emails once or twice, and then most of our relationship has been over the phone. And it's been one of the most valuable mentorships that I've ever had because it's just someone that cares, someone I can bounce ideas off. And I think kind of the crazy piece of it is he's you know not too much older than I and is not much further in his life journey than I am, um, nor is that even really why I wanted him to be my mentor. And so I think like the the picture of mentorship doesn't always have to be, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, it doesn't always have to be like a, a young Bruce Wayne and an old Alfred, you know, just like it, it doesn't have to be the disparity in, in age or experience. You could be somewhat peers and still be mentored by someone close to you. Right. I mean, I totally believe that everyone has something to offer and it doesn't matter about your age or your season of life. I mean, just think about Think about the situation that we're in right now in the midst of this pandemic. I think the mentors in our in our time together, it's just clearly the younger generation that were more digital friendly <laughs> and you know that were very very comfortable with how different devices and equipments and platforms worked. And I see and in my own line of work and I see a lot of young adults that are going into these seasoned leaders' houses, setting up Zoom, creating an account, you know, make you know, giving them the login and password, you know, that 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 type of thing happening. So I believe that, yeah, regardless of uh, age, and I believe in reverse mentoring, because that's another mm -hmm. aspect where the younger generation has has to own own that and rise up to the challenge of offering what God has granted them. For this particular yeah. time so yeah i totally agree with you in that regard yeah i, I think that that's so good because i i think about the kinds of relationships i want to be a part of and if my mentor is only talking to me only dropping wisdom like that's gonna be valuable in certain times but i think one of the other things that really matters to people in general this is not just only true of young people but true of all people is that we also want to feel valued. We also want to feel like we bring something to the table. No one wants to be someone else's charity case. Oh, right. And so like if I can't bring something to the relationship and add value to it in maybe it's not so much mentor mentee relationship, but like I want to bring value to the relationships that I'm in as well. Um, you know, this this willingness to listen, this willingness to be to be influenced, I could even say taught by someone in a different position than me. Uh I think that that posture really breeds a willingness to engage. Yes, yes, I definitely agree on the posture. If you are not like teachable or humble <laughs> enough to actually learn from somebody else or actually be aware that everyone could teach them something, you can't be mentored. You just can't, right? I mean, by, yeah. by default, mentorship is all about you willing to learn and be on that mm -hmm. learning journey. And uh, yeah, for me, the, like the most critical piece of mentorship came from the most unexpected places. So I mean, to relay one of my experiences, we, and I'm going to kind of uh, talk about this particular person in my, like I, I talk about this person wherever I go. He was a high school senior who began to rise up and lead the youth group and eventually he became our VVS director, the youngest one in our church. Wow. And uh, the way that he, you know, conducted himself, organized meetings and related to people and also communicated his needs. 
man, there were so many things that I learned from him. And he was, he's 18. And, uh, you know, if you could just kind of, you know, push him off as, oh, he's that young high school kid that I can't learn anything from, you miss out. You're missing out on a chance to really learn valuable lessons that, you know, God is trying to teach me through him. And I think that's one of the greatest pleasures to have, to be willing to be taught and learn, uh, and, and learn from anyone that God has placed you uh, in your life. God has placed in your life, yeah. That's so good, so good. Uh, a willingness to listen, uh, a vulnerability, a willingness to even be taught, and a posture towards people. All these uh, are, are definitely keys in order to make yourself available as, as a mentor. Uh, it's maybe even characteristics to be a good mentee. And so I think for a lot of us, this is definitely something that we can be keeping in mind. So Justin, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Appreciate your inputs on mentorship. And uh, for the rest of you guys, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Take care.